Hello and welcome to Ian Wants to Learn. I'm Patrick. And I'm Ian. What? And oh, I... and I want to learn. <laughs> what would you like to learn about today, Ian? I would like to learn about how the rich pay no taxes. Yeah? And how they've gotten away with it for so long. And how our system creates the breeding <laughs> ground for such... Let's not go overboard here. I'm going to mostly stay focused on the... ProPublica piece okay. came out about a month ago. Um, there was a follow-up piece. Basically, that person leaked tax records for like 15 years for like the richest people. Good. Yeah, and so they've been publishing stuff about it. Something I follow a lot, I have a lot of interest in, so hopefully you'll learn if you ever win the lottery how you will have infinite money for you and your family for all time. What? Yeah, that's how it works. Okay, sweet. If you have money, you basically can't ever lose it now. Really? Yeah. You basically just you're rich forever, and your fa- your offspring will be rich forever. And in fact, they get, may get more richer. Wild spending spree and spend it all in a week on coke and hookers. You literally can't spend enough. Like it's impossible. Wow. I mean, look at Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos has nothing left to buy. He has to do things that no one else can do. Yeah, he's gonna go to Mars and yeah buy a Mars bag from well, that- a Mars <laughs> gift store. <laughs> They're very expensive. But that's the thing. Like, you get to a certain point where you're so rich that it's like, I have to make up something to buy. I'll make, like, a whole space program because no one can buy that. If you're wealthy, like, we'll talk about another guy, Peter Thiel. He's the one who wanted to have, like, a libertarian island chain. Basically, Bioshock, the plot of Bioshock, which is a libertarian paradise where there's no government and you can just... Have your own island for rich people. Peter Thiel's also the guy that, that helped mess with journalism yeah. by Hulk Hogan. Yeah. So it, that's the thing. Like, you, you get so wealthy that you just start thinking up shit to, to make and buy because there's nothing left for you to buy that you can't afford. I feel like the Martian, the, the land a, a ship on Mars and send people to Mars and we have to go to Mars is less about keeping the world running and and helping those that are less off and more like, well, we need a lifeboat for wealthy people. So let's get to Mars. Yeah. Well, of course. There's no, with the exception of the janitors, you know, like nobody's, nobody and the cooks and the maids and the service worker. I mean, people who go to Mars that aren't rich aren't going to have a good time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, maybe they will. They'll set up a whole theme park. I believe in space exploration. Like, I look at NASA, the space race. All that stuff was great. A lot of amazing innovations came from it, and I think it should still be going. That being said, the privatization of a lot of space exploration is... Gross. Yeah, very gross, because it's not about advancing humanity. Like, it felt like the space race, while partially was, like, we're better than communism, was how do we also advance humanity? I'd like to believe, and maybe I'm naive, that the... yes. The NASA people, they want a better world. The scientists and such. I am so, 100% sure that a lot of people who are there want that, but no one cares about them anymore. But I think when you move to the, the Elon Musks and the Blue Origins, mm-hmm. it's like they're not advancing humanity. They're trying to set up a palatial estate. Well, it's just a, a LARP. <laughs> it's like, oh, we'll go to space because what else am I going to do? I guess do? so. Like I said, they just run out of shit to do. It's why they buy like an NFT or even like a famous work of art. Because they're like, oh, I have so much money. I'm going to buy one unique thing that no one else can have because I'm so wealthy. Who's going to stop right. me? You know, it's like novelty for them. Yeah. It's all about having the things no one else yeah. can get. Jeff Bezos is like, oh, it's, you know, only a few people can go to space. So I'm going to do that. Apparently Richard Branson will be beating him there by like a week. And I can only hope that they start rushing 
and then they fuck something up and he just explodes in space. That would be fantastic. Oh, that would be great. You know, if Jeff Bezos dies, he rains money like a like a pinata. Yeah, that's I, I argue for that, actually, <laughs> in this in this conversation we're going to do. Oh, nice. I wanted to say briefly, I had to go back to work today, actually. Oh, you had in to go into office. work. Yeah. Whoa. First time in how long? Um, I had gone in like at various points for like. Like at one point they had to work do something on my laptop. But like, this was like you were going in to do what this you was in. Do. Yes, yeah. I, yeah. I had to go yeah. into work for a full. So you hadn't day. done that. Yes, I had not done that year? since March of last year. Wow, was it weird? It was very weird. Did you wear a mask? I did for the most part. They said right. if you were vaccinated, you didn't have to. But here in New York, you have to wear it when you go on the subway anyway, even if you're just in the station and. At certain points in the building, you have to have a mask on. But if I was like sitting at my desk, I didn't have to. By the way, uh, cops are awful because I'm on the fucking subway platform and there's three cops standing there, none of them with masks on. And I'm like, asshole, there's si- signs everywhere here that are like, you have to wear masks still. It doesn't matter because it's a crowded platform. It's, these are crowded trains. Wear a fucking mask. Yeah, but oh, we're works. big fucking cops. One Get of my close. favorite cop moves is... Oh, I'm at a red light, but I want to go. So I'll just turn on the siren, go through the intersection, yeah. turn the siren off. It's yeah. like I I get very angry at things like that because yeah. I while I appreciate, do. I don't understand. <laughs> I I appreciate uh, serve and protect, but speeding through lights because you've got somewhere to be is not serving or but I God, cops. Yeah, yeah. I don't like them. I don't like. Them. I'm sure there's some good ones, but I don't like them. No, I, I I'm don't. not gonna. I'm not gonna say most of them are good. I've talked Maybe about this before, but I know that cops harass black people because I've been annoyed by cops, and I'm white. So it's like it's very easy for me to understand yeah. that they just bother minorities because I'm like yeah. I'm not a minority, and I've been bothered by cops. But they got to do it to protect us. Yeah, you know they got to shoot first. That's one thing that holds up very well in South Park is the cop is an idiot. And the slogan on the car is to patronize and annoy. And I was like, wow, that's something that holds up very well. It's good for you, South Park. So that was all I had. I had to go back to work. It sucks because of all the reasons why going back to work sucks, which is, okay, now I have to commute. It's hot as fuck outside. There's no point to me commuting because I literally did the same shit I was doing at home. The only reason I'm there is just to appease some middle management asshole that says, I want to make sure everybody's here. We even had a big meeting, right? So the head of my department is like, okay, we'll have everybody here for the meeting. But there's like a bunch of other people from different departments. They were all on Mm -hmm. the fucking Zoom call. So all of us are there in a conference room and everybody else in all the other departments is just on Zoom. And I'm like, yeah, because they can just be here. Mm. They don't need to be physically here in the room. This is a giant waste of time. But the little people need to be there so they can keep an eye on you. Yeah. Keep tabs on you. It's just control nonsense. Yeah. The real world is weird now. So <laughs> let's get into this. So do you want to pay taxes, Ian? Do I want to? Yeah. Yes and no. Like, no, I don't want to give my money away. But yes, if they're being used, if my if if I yes, yes and no is what I'm going to say okay. with a lot of quality. Do you think rich people should have to pay taxes? <laughs> Absolutely. If I have to pay taxes, they should pay taxes. Oh, OK. Well, I think everyone idea. should. Mm-hmm. There you go. I think I should pay taxes. I don't want to pay taxes, but I think I should. Okay. I would like to have more control over where my taxes go. Mm. I mean, you do get to vote. That's kind of the point. Sure. But when they're voting on how to spend money, 
I'm not there. Right. So you know, I could you, be like, oh, Adam Schiff. Ah, why don't you run for Congress and then you can be there? I'm not going to do th- what? Well, no, no, I can't. I mean, you don't you don't have a job. What else are you doing? Well, I think that might be a reason I wouldn't get elected. <laughs> no, you could uh, be no. like noted podcast personality. All those types of people run for shit now. There you go. They do. They do. So last month, ProPublica published an article about how they obtained a trove of IRS data on tax returns for thousands of the nation's wealthiest people covering more than 15 years. You may have seen this. They call it like the IRS Papers or something like that. Very original name. Well, they had like the Panama Papers, the Paradise Papers, etc. This is a huge trove of documents. All in like raw data. They don't even apparently know who gave it to them. They actually don't know the source. Oh, wow. Okay. Where they were able to confirm some of the Yeah, I mean, I don't know specifically what they've done, but usually outlets um, are able to confirm. And they've reached out to like a lot of the wealthy people that were involved to ask them various questions. And some of them had very boilerplate responses, like we pay all the taxes that we are required to pay and blah, blah, blah. And others were more Mm -hmm. antagonistic and saying, you know, this is a breach of private information, etc. And others just didn't really respond. Apparently, they... They sent an email to Elon Musk and asked him questions about his finances, and he just replied with a single question mark. Okay. And then they sent, like, a detailed thing back, and he just never answered. So that sounds (laughs) about right. Yeah. So they've published, I believe it's only two articles so far. They discuss specific people. They kind of use, like, specific wealthy people to explain how wealthy people don't pay taxes. So it's kind of helpful because it takes, like, an actual person, and they're like, this is what they did. This is why they don't have to pay taxes. So the IRS records show that the wealthiest can perfectly legally pay income taxes that are only a tiny fraction of the hundreds of millions, if not billions, their fortunes grow each year. So most people, many Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Obviously, they pay income tax. If you earn more income, you pay more in taxes. The median American household earns $70,000 annually and paid 14% in federal taxes. The highest income tax rate is 37% for couples on earnings above $628,300. Ultra wealthy people, they don't, they essentially sidestep that whole system where you get more money, you have to pay more taxes. For example, Jeff Bezos in 2007 paid no income tax. His Amazon stock that year, the value more than doubled, and his fortune was $3.8 billion at that time. Is it because he doesn't like get a paycheck? He doesn't have income, so he doesn't pay income tax? Well, he does. So the way it works is, so his income, so his fortune was $3.8 billion, right? He's worth $3.8 billion in 2007. Right. His income was only a paltry $46 million. Oh, paltry. Yeah. So- I wouldn't even go to the interview for that much. Right. His income is $46 million, largely from interest and dividends on investments. This is a key point here. He made $46 million on interest and dividends from investments. So people talk about passive income. This dude in one year earned more passive income, literally income for doing absolutely nothing other than already having money. He made $46 million. And... That's more than we'll ever make in our lifetimes. Yeah. He offset these earnings with losses from some other investments and various deductions, including, and this is important, interest expenses on debt that he had. So he could say, okay, I made $46 million in these investments. Some of these other investments I had lost some money. And also I have huge interest expenses on these debts, these loans that I have. Okay. So it offset and essentially he ended up paying zero income tax. In 2011, okay. it was similar, but because he didn't make much, he actually claimed and received a $4,000 tax credit for his children in 2011, 
despite at what? that point being worth about $18 billion. Got to get those tax credits. Yeah. I, I have an aside here. I did some research. The U.S. education budget in 2019 was $74 billion. Jeff Bezos is worth about $201 billion. I think sometimes people don't understand that there's like the wealthy and then there's like the super duper wealthy, like so wealthy. Yeah. We could just, okay, 300 million people plus in this country pay taxes. Okay. Not everybody pays taxes, but essentially the idea is 300 million people in the country would pay taxes to pay for an education department, to pay for education. Right. 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 Which is cost costs us seventy four billion dollars in a year. Yeah, one dude is worth two hundred. You could just like a string him up like a pinata and like you said, like beat all the money out of him. <laughs> this one guy, and he could pay for our education for like three years. When someone earns a certain amount of money in this, here's a new, here's a law I want to bring out that no one will like. When you hit like a billion dollars. When you hit an amount of money that you can do literally anything, like if I woke up tomorrow morning and had a billion dollars, mm-hmm. I'm good. For, I'm set for life. Right. So when I hit my first billion, I think the country should step in and be like, cool, the rest of your money is going to us. <laughs> yeah. I. Which I understand why people would hate that. Here's my idea. And I came up with this today and I'm very proud of it. A reverse lottery. Okay. Basically. Everybody over, like, I don't know what threshold you would put it at, but people like Jeff Bezos. Basically, you would have a lottery where, like, you know how, like, a normal lottery, if nobody wins, like, the, the, the amount goes up. Yeah. I feel like if nobody wins, maybe the amount goes up or or whatever. But basically, we do a drawing of, like, all these ultra-wealthy people, and if one of them gets it, it's like, oh, we get all your money, and we just take it all from them. Maybe maybe leave them enough to like if the median income is seventy thousand dollars a year, he can have that. Okay. Like so he can live. That's all free money, essentially, right? Yeah. But all the rest of it we just take. It's like, well, you lost the lottery. I'm sorry. This is Hunger Games in reverse. We're doing this for okay. the for the, the people. Yeah, the super wealthy people. Like, I can't imagine anyone would get on board with my idea, but I'm 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 for it. Right. I also I there's a there's a level two of, of the libertarians and the on both sides of the eye of the far left and the far right, or people just on the left and the right, who, when you bring up an idea of capping the amount of money someone can make, they're like, oh, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't stifle the amount of money I can make. And it's like, you're never going to make a billion dollars. Right. So shut the fuck up. Well, I like, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I just think that, that people think, and it's certainly possible, although it's less and less likely, that they may end up earning a lot of money. And I think too often they think about it in terms of income because they'll say, oh, well, I might make more money and then I'll have to pay a lot more in taxes. And that's true. But as we'll learn more and more is that income doesn't really matter. Yeah. And for all these ultra wealthy people, which are the people that we need to take money from, income doesn't matter. So back to Bezos. Yeah. From 2006 to 2018, his wealth increased by $127 billion. Jesus Christ. He's 127 billion richer, but he only reported income of 6.5 billion. So 127 billion, but his income was only six and a half billion. So it's very small comparatively, right? Mm-hmm. He paid 1.4 billion in taxes. That's a lot. And rich people will say, well, 127 billion is an income. It's not money he's making. It's just like money he's earned from stocks or whatever. So it's fine. So he paid that how much? 1.7 billion? Over the course of all those years? Yes, or, or eight years. Okay. Uh, no, 12 years. Excuse me. Okay. I see. So it used to be that if you had a stock, so the way it is now 
1920, there was a Supreme Court case that said Eisner versus McComber, which said you have to sell your stock. Like you have to realize the gain before it gets taxed. So like a capital yes. gains tax. So if I have a stock that I bought for a dollar and it ends up being a hundred dollars, I don't get taxed on that unless I actually sell the stock right. or convert it into some other stock or whatever. So it used to be before 1920 that you actually did have to pay tax on that. Like there was a, the case that they talk about, it was like this person had a stock and at some point, instead of paying like a dividend or something, it gave her extra stock and she had to pay taxes because it was like, okay, well now you have more stock. You've gained mm. more of this thing and you have to pay on it. But she was like, well, I don't actually have any money. I just got more stock. So mm. the Supreme court ruled at the time. And there were many people who were like, Oh, this is it. All these rich people are never going to have to pay taxes now. And it turns out they're true. Mm -hmm. Right. You just leave your money in the stock. You don't pull it out. Right. And yeah. So most Americans, we have to work to live. You you work, you get paid, you get taxed. Federal government considers almost every dollar workers earn to be income and employers take taxes out of the paycheck. The Bezos of the world have no need to be paid a salary. His Amazon wages have long been set at $80,000 a year, around 80000 a year. And you may have heard there's a lot of things with like CEOs that they'll say like, oh, they only took a dollar in their salary. Right. Yeah. Steve Jobs took a dollar in salary when he returned to Apple, uh, Zuckerberg. Oracle's Larry Ellison and Google's Larry Page have all done the same, taking a dollar. Oh, I'm only taking a dollar. Right. What happens? So you get paid in stock. Your stock becomes worth a lot, or that stock has a lot of innate value, and then you get a loan with the stock as collateral. You may wonder, like, okay, well, someone has a, you know, Jeff Bezos, 100 billionaire, right? But if he's not actually making that much in income and he has, he's paying no taxes, how is he actually able to build his own fucking spaceship? Right. Yeah. Well, the reality is that he can get a loan or many loans because he can say, oh, well, I have all this stock. It's worth billions of dollars. Can you give me a loan? And any bank in the world would be like, yeah, for sure. We'll take right. that He's stock. For it. Yeah. And we'll give you yeah. a loan for billions of dollars. And then you live like a billionaire. And as you remember, he deducts the interest expense on his debts. Uh so tricky. Right. So when he says, okay, I made this amount of money, but I also lost a little bit of money. And also I have all these debt expenses that I had to pay. It offsets. But the reality is he still has access to billions of dollars, but it's not considered income. So that's how it works. So gross. In 2014, for example, Oracle revealed that its CEO Ellison had a credit line secured by about $10 billion of his shares. Oh my God. Investor Carl Icahn. Okay. He's the 40th wealthiest American on, on the Forbes list. Paid no federal income taxes despite reporting $544 million in adjusted gross income. He had an outstanding loan of $1.2 billion with Bank of America, among other loans. It was technically a mortgage because it was secured at least by, uh, in part by a Manhattan penthouse apartments and other properties. So it's the same idea as having a stock, right? You have an asset. Mm -hmm. You're not actually selling that asset, but you can get a loan on it because it's worth however much money. Borrowing offers multiple benefits to him. He gets huge amounts of cash to turbocharge investment returns, and then he gets to deduct the interest from his taxes. So the same idea. They asked him, they asked whether it was appropriate that he had paid no income tax in certain years. And this is what happens when you press anybody on that. They're like, you know, this is kind of unfair. This is a little silly. And he says, 
he's perplexed by the question. There's a reason it's called income tax. The reason is if you're a poor person, a rich person, if you're Apple, if you have no income, you don't pay taxes. Do you think a rich person should pay taxes no matter what? I don't think it's germane. How can you ask me that question? Which is just the way someone would react if they're a giant asshole when the reality is it's like, no, you shouldn't get to live like this and have to pay no, no taxes. Yeah. So some people say, and this is an argument that people have against these types of taxes is they're like, oh, well, it's double taxation because they pay corporate taxes. Like the corporation has to pay the taxes first. But right. corporate taxes, however, have plummeted in recent decades. You know, many corporations, they send profits abroad. So like you might set up your a company in Ireland, which doesn't have a corporate income tax. And you say, oh, well, that company in Ireland made all the profit. So we don't have to pay ah. taxes. So there's been some push by Biden, other countries, um, and it's been pushed back on by countries like Ireland, where we would say like there's a global income tax where it doesn't matter where you make it. If like, like, Let's say if you make a bunch of your money by selling in America, then you need to pay the American corporate tax. You can't just say, oh, well, all the profit was made by this Irish company that we set up to just be you know a tax shelter companies like google facebook microsoft and apple often pay little or no u.s corporate tax so again it's very difficult to say like oh well corporate taxes they had to pay because really they don't and then the last stop and i'm this is something i'm very supportive of is supposed to be the estate tax like when you die and that right. money goes to your heirs it's supposed to then get taxed at the estate tax level but yeah Many of the richest create foundations for philanthropic giving, which provide large charitable tax deductions during their lifetimes and bypass the estate tax when they die. This is another important part. Wealth managers offer a range of opaque and complicated trusts that allow the wealthiest Americans to give large sums to their heirs without paying estate taxes. Of the 25 richest people in America today, about a fourth of them are heirs. Three are Waltons, two are scions of the Mars candy fortune, and one is the son of Estee Lauder. There's like a greater and greater proportion of people who are just wealthy because they were born into it. So this was all the first article. So does that like at least give you a bit of an idea? For sure. Oh, totally. I, you know, I had kind of understood it, but it, until I actually read it, I had never pieced it together that like, I guess all the parts of it where it's like, okay, this is why they don't pay and how they are still able to live like billionaires. And I'm like, oh, of course. Yeah. They take out a loan, you know, it's right. like a loan on a house or a loan, whatever. It's like, oh, well, that's your collateral. Yeah. And then you get to spend millions of dollars and then it gets extra money because you could say, oh, I had all these loan payments I had to make. I had all this interest payments I had to make so I can deduct that from my taxes. Oh, yeah. I, and everybody gets pissy about the estate tax. And it's like, you're not, you don't make enough money to matter yeah. for the estate tax. Well, the wealthy shouldn't have to deal with it. We have an entire or multiple generations of wealthy people who are just dum dums <laughs> because they they never had to do anything other than be wealthy. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. They had a they had a parent who was like, "Well, I do want to see you get an education, so we're gonna send you to Harvard yeah. or Princeton or whatever. Yeah, we're wherever. I'm gonna send you to my alma mater where I also didn't do anything, <laughs> but I got this fancy jacket and I cheer for their football team. Yeah. Do you remember we watched that documentary way back? in the college days about it was made by an heir and it was about heirs and heiresses they he interviewed a bunch of different rich kids i don't, I don't remember that it was on hbo but anyway at one point one of the heirs i don't know if he does it every summer or if it was just one summer or just for the documentary but he goes to like new orleans or something and works as a dishwasher in a restaurant just to 
you know. And I get annoyed at things like that because it's like when you see a cop park in a regular parking space right next to the red zone because a cop can park in the red zone. I don't like that you're parked in the red zone, but you're now taking away a spot from someone who could use an actual spot. Yeah. Like, like I'm going to be annoyed either way. Right. It's You're not going to win. But with this guy, it's like, oh, fuck off. You're going to go clean. Di- how romantic. How romantic that you're going to clean dishes in a restaurant so that you can see how the other half lives. Eat a dick. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. it, well, it's, it's like noble. that show. The, the bosses, the undercover boss show. Undercover boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same yeah. shit. It's like, oh, you're going to go see how the pores live? Fuck off. Uh-huh. I hope they string you up. <laughs> yeah, I always get when the undercover bosses go and they get mad at somebody for cutting a corner or for doing something that's not exactly by the book. And it's like, you know what, buddy? Fuck you. Yeah. A, there's cameras here. So that person's extra stupid. <laughs> like yes. if you're cutting corners in front of the TV cameras, whether it's a boss or a new guy. You're a dumb dumb. Mm-hmm. But ignoring that, everybody does that shit. Like, fuck you. Stop acting like everybody needs to be perfect. Oh, but when the episode's over, you'll sit down with all the people you worked with and reward the good ones with like a, here's a new Volvo. <laughs> and the bad ones, you'll give a stern talking to and tell them that they really need to get their shit together. You, you built this company and, and they can do it too. When in reality, your grandparents built this company and you were just groomed to do this one job your entire life. Fucking people. God damn, this country disgusts me sometimes. Anyway. Oh, all the time. So there's another article. Yeah. Not all the time. No, all the time. We've always got Dan Snyder. He keeps me laughing. Yeah. (laughs) Laughing. Fucking guy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. There is a second article. If you're not angry enough, I'm going (laughs) to work to get you angrier. Yay! So Peter Thiel, we talked about him. Yeah, we did. So he's general, he's the focus of this next one. It's about uh, something called a Roth IRA. Peter Thiel, he he founded PayPal. He's a venture capitalist. He's a weirdo. He's an Ayn Rand enthusiast. Yeah, yeah. libertarian billionaire. He advocated, like I said, funding a network of man-made islands floating in the ocean, operating as high-tech things without governments. Like I said, basically the plot of bioshock except it's not underwater it's it's islands he also attends burning okay. man he's he's like a he's he like does. a very weird dude he's german american i didn't know i looked it up like born in germany yeah, he was born in west germany in ah. 1967 his dad was a like a chemical engineer or something and i'm like his dad was probably okay. a nazi but he it said something about he was probably libertarian he went to like some fancy prep school in south africa at one point and they did like corporal punishment and they were like he probably ended up his his distaste for authority came from that and that's how he became a libertarian i always think libertarians are basically babies whose like brains never matured and they're always like i should get to do whatever i want and then they became adults and they're like yeah i found a political philosophy that says that so i'm yeah. just a libertarian now not to not to say yeah. that i'm advocating for corporal punishment which i am but it's just this idea that, like, I don't know, it just seems like a, such a selfish baby. Like, babies do that. They're like, I don't want you to do what you told me. I don't want to brush my teeth. I want to do what I want. Yeah. And the libertarians, they grow up, and they're like, I don't want to do things that help other people. Greed is good. Oh. Uh, question one, did uh, Elon Musk also help found PayPal? Yes, he did, yeah. Did they meet in South Africa, I wonder? I don't know. You know, so much of this is like, you know, it's like a club, right? Yeah, uh, a lot of this is, and we'll get into that. A lot of this is uh, so much about who you know and the access you have, and 
I talked to once before about how, you know, cause I've worked in banking, prime real estate in a place like New York, right? A lot of times it's people know other people who are selling and then they recruit other wealthy people to, you know, to right. buy a portion of a property or whatever. Yeah. And it's not like you or I have access to something like that. Right. True. There's no comparison because there's no way that you and I can pool enough money to get into something like that. And then the return that they get on it is a return that you and I could never get on like a savings account. Yeah. The equivalent would be like if you and I were able to to buy into like a mailbox that was worth, you know, worth like a couple hundred dollars. And it's <laughs> like, oh, well, we could pool our money together and we'll, we'll earn return on that. But that's not right. a product that exists. But they Why? have the ability yeah. to pool millions, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars into yeah. a property. And, you know, they all know each other. It's a click to, to you know. Yeah. That's a network. So with libertarians, yes, I, I just to to go back to that. It is. It's very. It's a very selfish belief system. And while I understand and appreciate the idea of I want to do what I want, like you know, don't tread on me and all that kind of shit, I appreciate that. But at the same time, I do also understand that for the world to function, for society to function, you need some level of cooperation. And we're only as what we're only as uh, fast as our slowest runner sort of thing mm-hmm. or whatever is whatever that saying is. And I mean, I guess when you're that rich, the rest of the runners don't matter. It's like it's right. like doing the no, they wouldn't say I'm as slow as the slowest runner. It'd be like, <laughs> oh, well, that guy's getting eaten by the wildebeest or whatever. Yeah. But I just I don't at, at what point is it too much? Like, when have you gotten enough money? Is there. I mean, what what does it become when you it's when you're enough. worth two hundred billion dollars, and you've got your dream house, and you've got your dream boat, and you've got your dream friend, and you've got your dream horse? I don't know. You're rich. You can do what you want. <laughs> yeah. When does it like you know all those people? All those people have weird, fucked up sex things. Oh yeah, we've talked about this in another we have, show. Yeah. yeah, you get to a point, and, and but not just the sex things, the everything. Like yeah. You cannot be satiated by norm. You can't just have sushi you picked up at the grocery store. You have to have sushi from the best chef in Japan who f- who you flew in on your private jet to make you lunch this afternoon. Right. You can't just have sex. You have to have sex like through the carcass of a dead goat. Like <laughs> right. just because just because right. it's not Saturday anymore. It's Peter Thiel day. Right. I don't know. That, that one didn't work. I, <laughs> it just it just at what point is it like what are you still going for at that point you've won the game you beat the game well, and you didn't even have the cheat codes on that's like, now what do you do i mean but it's not enough to to win the game it's like i won the game and now i want to make sure that everybody knows i won the game that i will always win the game and that they will never be able to win the game as much as i do i don't know it's it's sociopath like i feel like every rich person is is a sociopath oh, uh, yes i 100 percent believe bill gates had sex with underage women with jeffrey epstein oh yeah like for sure 100 100 percent. i mean i That's, i said it before i i think that morality is for poor people i think rich people have no moral or yep. ethical concern because that stuff doesn't matter if you have enough money nope. yep so god doesn't matter when you are god Right. And imagine like this guy, this libertarian, and he has all this money. It's like, well, why would he change his opinion? Right. He is perfect. He is like, I lived according to this dumb principle and I am 
super duper wealthy and no one can ever touch me. So, of course, I've picked the right thing. Yeah. So, it's about Roth IRAs. The average Roth at the end of 2018, the average Roth IRA, Roth IRA is a retirement account. Basically, it's you can put in a certain amount of money a year as long as you don't take it out before you are 59 and a half. When you, if you take it out after 59 and a half, you don't have to pay taxes on it. So oh. that's the idea. It was set up as supposed to be for the average person, the average middle-class person to be able to save without having to worry about paying taxes so they would be able to take that money out when they were retired. The average Roth was worth at the end of 2018, $39,108. So $39,000. There's a limit to how much you could put in a year. It's right now 6000 you can put in a year. Back when the Clinton administration, when it was passed, they didn't want some type of tax break for wealthy people. So they blocked it for Americans making more than $110,000, 160000 for couple per year, and capped contributions back then at 2000 So it's supposed to be for regular people, right? Mm-hmm. But Peter Thiel and people like him, what they did was they would open a Roth with $2,000 or less. They would use that money to buy stake in a startup that had a good day, a good chance of exploding in value. So what you do is you put 2000 in this Roth IRA, you pay fractions of a penny for a share in a company, and you buy a huge number of shares. And then you watch as that stock gains value, you are shielded from those taxes forever as long as you don't touch the IRA until you're 59 and a half. So I'll get more into how it works. Uh, the idea is this. You put $1,000 in a Roth, then in a scenario that only a few people have access to, use that bu- that money to buy 1 million shares in a startup for fractions of a penny per share. When it goes public, shares are now $50 a piece. Ah. Now that $1,000 is worth $50 million. Jeez. When you sell those shares, you owe the IRS 20% in capital gains, but not in a Roth IRA. You can also use that $50 million to put in other companies, and that money is never taxed. And just repeat the same Damn. process. It's not just Peter Thiel. Ted Weschler, deputy of Warren Buffett at Berkshire Hathaway, has $264 million in his Roth at the end of 2018. Hedge fund manager Randall Smith, whose Alden Global Capital has gutted newspapers around the country, has $252.6 million in his. Again, the average amount in these things is like $39,000. These guys have multi-million, hundreds of millions of dollars in Roth IRAs. I don't even understand why they're bothering to do this. You've already got all the monies. Why do you need more of the monies? Because why wouldn't you? But why would you? Is it just so you can be like, ha ha, outsmarted you? There's one guy they talked to. He was like, yeah, I don't think it's great tax policy. And I don't think it really should be allowed. But the thing is, it is. And it's perfectly legal to do. So why wouldn't they do it? Yeah, no, I know. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. That would be like if I invested in more off days. Like, I don't have a job. I don't need more off days. But if I was like, well, I got to make sure I've got more off days. I guess it would be like if metaphor doesn't work. If you could go to the government on a day and you could get $100 and they would say it's free. You don't have to do anything, but you can come and you'll get $100. You don't mm-hmm. need $100, but why wouldn't you go do it? You're suggesting I don't need the $100 in this situation. <laughs> I don't know what that world is like. I, guess I don't know what it's like for someone to be like, hey, I got $100. It's like to steal a to steal a little bit of a joke from Ali Wong. Like, I want to be so rich that I don't 
have to pick up a quarter off the ground. Like, right. <laughs> like if I see a quarter on the ground, I'm going to pick it up. I but guess I I'm, I'm trying to up. imagine like something. I don't, I, I don't know. I can't. It's a world we can't conceive of. I don't think. Yeah. I, I don't understand having so much of something. I guess. And imagine, like, imagine you had a shiny new Steelers hat that you just got. Okay. And then you bought it at the store and the store was sure. like, Hey, you can get another one for free. Sure. Okay. And you're like, well, I don't really need it. I have this one. But you would take the right. other one because they're just giving it away. Why wouldn't you take it? I suppose it? so. I suppose. Well, a backup hat. This hat's going to go down eventually. <laughs> I got a lot of logical reasons. Well, maybe this backup one. money in case they lose all the other money somehow. <laughs> they swindled out of it get, by some maybe, Nigerian maybe it's prince. Like if I, it, it's your birthday and you've been given like three cakes. <laughs> right. I don't know why three specifically, but they're like, here's three cakes. They're all for you. Mm-hmm. We got a cake for everybody else. They each get a very small piece of another cake. You get three giant cakes. And you're like, great. And then the baker comes in. He's like, hey, I've got a fourth cake. Right. So do you want it? Or should we just give it to homeless people? And you're like, oh, I want it. Yeah. Give me the cake. But yeah, that's that. So I feel like if the baker came in and was like, I have a fourth cake, I would be like, you know what, man? Like, I'm not going to finish these three cakes before they go bad. So why don't you give that cake to someone else? And he was like, no, 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 no. I'm either going to give it to you or throw it away. And then I'd be like, okay, well, don't throw it away. Right. Give it to me and I'll, I guess I'll see that it gets. It's hard to imagine like the scale because it's like, it's hard to come up with an analogy because it would be like if the baker is the government and it's like, I have a million cakes. You can take as many cakes as you want. You would go and you'd be like, well, I only needed one cake, but there's a million of them here. Why wouldn't I just take two? I got two hands, you know, it's just, it's hard to imagine like the perspective when we're trying to come up with this analogy. It, it's it's hard because I don't think we've, we're really in that position where there is something that you, I mean, I, I would argue right now we need money. Like I need money so that I can pay rent and so that I can pay bills and buy food. They don't need money. Like they've got their loans on their investments that are making money. So really all they have to do is walk into a store and be like, I'm Peter Thiel, give me that. And they'll be like, cool, here you go. I, I, I rearranged these notes a little bit, but so I'll just get back to some. Yeah, yeah. I explained the process basically, right? So for Peter Thiel, this may illuminate it a bit more. In 1999, single taxpayers were only allowed to contribute to Roth if they made less than 110000 right? Like many startups, PayPal offered its top executives low initial salaries and large stock grants. Teal's income that year was $73,000. Teal used his Roth to buy shares of a private company, PayPal. The value wasn't set on public st- on a public stock exchange. He bought his first slice of the company in January 1999. He paid a tenth of a penny for 1.7 million shares. At that price, he was able... A tenth of a penny per share? Yes. Okay. He bought set 1.7 million shares. At that price, he was able to buy a large stake in PayPal for $1,700. And soon after the company sold him the shares, millions of dollars poured in from investors, securities filing show. In just a month's time, so in a month, after he, they basically were like, you can buy a big portion of PayPal for you know a tenth of a penny per share for $1,700. He gets 1.7 million shares in PayPal. In a month, they sold a slice of the company for $500,000 to investors 
And that June and August, another $4.5 million poured in from venture fund arm of telecom giant Nokia and other investors. The custodian of his Roth account that year reported that his Roth was worth $1,664. So despite the fact that there was all this investor enthusiasm, this was obviously a very, it was going to be a big company. Everybody knew it was going to be a big company. They sold him these shares for $1,700 and they reported a taxes. It says, yeah, he's got a Roth. It's got $1,664 in it at the end of 1999. And in a year's time, the value of that Roth jumped from 1664 to $3.8 million, a 227,000% increase. All right. Okay. So I just need to find the next giant tech company. Well, so that's the thing. It, it talks about how like this is a scenario that's only available to very select group of people. The mm-hmm. Teals, the Musks, the Buffets of the world, these people who have hundreds of millions of dollars in this mechanism – You and I don't know what the next big tech company is going to be. I'm not in that fucking boardroom with the next PayPal. I don't know that stuff. And I don't have enough money to even have a seat at that table. Right. But he does. And they're like, oh, well, we'll give you because it's not public yet. And by the way, they had some people look at this, these documents, and they're like, this is ridiculous that somebody wouldn't have come up. But I don't know if we've talked about this before, but the IRS is basically gutted. They have no way to like audit rich people. Right. But yeah. people have looked at these documents and they're like, it's ridiculous that they valued these shares at a tenth of a penny. Yeah. These were obviously worth way more because in a month. Who makes that value or evaluation? The tenth of they do themselves? or Yeah. Well, the company is like, we'll give you these shares, you know, and you can buy shares. Like I said, yeah. they, they also gave them shares. I mean, so he basically gave himself really cheap shares. Right. Yeah. Because he was like a founder. Yeah, And he bought those shares because he he was able to buy them before pretty much anybody else, right? right. Because they knew they were going to make the company, like, they would start offering up the company to potential investors. Right. So he's like, oh, before we do that, let me buy $1,700 worth of, you know, pocket change worth of these shares. Yeah. Because then when it blows up to whatever, I'll have hundreds of millions of dollars. In a year's time, it was $3.8 million. Then in three years, in 2002, eBay purchased PayPal. And that same year, Teal sold the shares, still inside his Roth, and tax-free proceeds poured into his account. By the end of that year, the Roth was worth $28.5 million. So $1,700 in about three years was then worth $28.5 million. Again, that he'll never pay taxes on. So he's going to get to his 59th birthday, 59 and a half, I guess, and he can just take out all that money cash it out. and it's he never had to pay taxes on it. And when he takes that money out, he doesn't he can cash it basically without worrying about Yeah, taxes. He, he won't get any taxes on any of that money. Oh my god. So this is like this is the thing. It's like you you think about like okay, when I make more money, I have to pay more taxes. That's like the general concept. This guy made an astronomical amount of money that he will never have to pay taxes on. Yeah. And by the way, he's like a super wealthy guy who's 60. So at that point, so then he would be able to live another 50 years. It's not like he's fucking dead at 60. He has more money than, you know, so many people. Yeah, I will be interested to see how long some of these current, this current billionaire class live. Yeah, there's been some papers like I saw something recently that like the income gap is worse now than it was at any point during like the Gilded Age where it was like the, the income gap was even worse. You know, it was so bad, I guess, and now it's even worse yeah. than that. That's the thing I think a lot of people don't quite understand. It's like 
you know, I talked about Jeff Bezos and like Department of Education. It's like, oh, well, you know, if you tax all these, these rich people, it's not fair. It's not going to, it's a drop in the bucket, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, if you literally just say, okay, we're just going to start taking from yeah. the top hundred, you know, super wealthy people in this country, you know, that's going to pay way more than hundreds of thousands or millions of people's worth of tax dollars. Yep. The tax dollars that they extract from normal people, it's blood from a turnip, man. They're just yeah. getting like so little out of the average person. And the thing is, they have to keep doing it because they don't get any money from these people. Yeah. What? And then they all expect us to praise them for donating money right. to a charity. And it's like, well, you're just doing that so you don't have to pay taxes. Right. You know, like you look at like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which is over a billion dollars towards mosquito nets or whatever the fuck. And and, you know, everybody always says, well, no, that's like that's a, they you know, over a billion dollars. It's like, yeah, 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 good for him. But but also not good for him because that's over a billion dollars over how many years from a guy that makes how many billions a year? I'm sorry. Like you, you're not going to. You don't get brownie points for giving away $100 when you have a million dollars. Yeah, I, I think, it, you know, it really ends up to be just like, yes, it's good. But particularly sure. for the super wealthy, it's like it's just vanity projects that they can get a lot of public praise for. Because, again, it's like, what can I do that no one else can do? Well, I can build a new wing on this hospital and get an infinite number of praise. Meanwhile, put if my name on it. Meanwhile, if I supported taxes that would cause me and all my other rich friends to pay, you know, millions or billions in a year, you could build 10 fucking hospitals instead of just this one wing, you know. So yeah, it's uh it's awful. They're all awful and we should string them up like pinatas. In 2016, Senator Ron Wyden of Oregon, he wanted to crack down on the Roth IRA accounts, but of course, Republican controlled Senate would not he had to abandon his proposal because there was no chance in the Republican-controlled Senate. So, yeah, that's it. So that's why I, these. That's just two mechanisms. I would encourage you if they come out with more. My guess is that they'll have more ways that people yeah. avoid. And the thing is, like, it's great too because I feel like it kind of spells it out, right? It's easy to say, like, okay, well, you got to stop that. You have to yeah. stop the other thing we talked about. Like, do things to stop that. But we're never going to do that. So we just have to sit here. And- well, because a lot of people in Congress and the Senate, if they are not wealthy themselves, are getting donations from very wealthy people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, it's, the money always wins. Yeah. Uh, I read an article today and it was about like this. He's like a, the mega mansion architect in L.A. Mm-hmm. And he builds like the most expensive, the biggest mansions in L.A. And, and the interviewer was talking to him and he's like, I there I, there needs to be a wow factor in every room. He's like, if someone says, wow, then I know I've done my job. And the writer, of course, is like, every room I walked into was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, you know, there's a lot of people. I'm getting a lot of calls from the East Coast. A lot of people want to move to here. A lot of money was made over the last year. And it's like, oh, fuck you. Yeah. Like, this guy's just, like, lots of people made lots of money this past year, and I want to help them. And it's like, oh, you fucking shit. Yeah. You're going to build some giant mansion that one person will live in for eight days a year. (laughs) Yeah. He wants everything to be nice. Even the, like, you you know, a a restaurant-sized walk-in refrigerator and, you know, an amazing kitchen. He's like, because even the help should have a dream home. And it's like, fuck you. Fuck you. 
Yeah. There was one part of one of the articles that was talking about how in the pandemic, it's only become worse. Because the reality is that a lot of people lost their income, their source of income, or their source of income was severely reduced. And if you think about it, all these other people, they don't rely on income. They already have all this wealth because the stock market is like back to whatever. Like it barely is taking a hit. So you still can get a ton of loans for low interest rates on all the stock you have that's still worth plenty. So yeah, they're doing great. And uh, everything else sucks. Have you ever seen some of the... I feel like whenever I, I see a rich person's like mansion, I'm like, this person's a psychopath. Like you said, like every room should be like a wow factor. Like you if you look yeah. at like actual pictures of these homes. It's like, oh my God, this person is a psychopath. Because again, it's like if you have so much wealth that you can do whatever you want in an individual room, yeah. you look at it and you're like, what the fuck is that? Well, it's like every every insanely rich person's house that they have built is like the car that Homer designed. Right. Like it's everything you want, but then when you look at it, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, I, I you know, and if you think about it, I guess if you're wealthy, you you're like, okay, well, I have this room. What's this room? Okay, well, this is gonna be the LSD orgy room. So Got let's design it with that in mind. And then you look at it and you're like, holy shit, this is gonna be the cocaine smuggling uh, secret agent room and then you know it's like what the fuck like why are there guns all over the wall in this room have you ever seen the the house for dr phil God, fucking no. psychopath you should look I'll that look up. up yeah okay and rich people houses are always super empty yeah well because of course they have they're, they're giant and they have no friends or family yeah because yeah and like you said they live in them eight days eight days a year okay, let's see oh god <laughs> i don't i don't know if this is his is it his house with like a blue bar by the yeah, staircase? Yeah, that's the one. Oh go- oh my god, there are so many guns. <laughs> what does Dr. Phil need with Wait, is that the same room? Okay, that's a... no, that's a wait, is that a different room? No, I think that's the same room. Okay, that's the same room with all the guns. Okay. I thought maybe I think wow, that's... every yeah, I mean every I mean they probably have okay, this is the sex slave that i've purchased this is their dungeon room i'm sure they all have that yeah oh, of course oh it's such an ugly house yeah they're because it's hideous like because it has no design because you're you just have whatever you want yeah it's like it's like your id designed the house <laughs> yeah. like like that's never a good idea like practicality stuff like that's that banister that staircase looks uncomfortable but it's gross like vines or something it's ugh. yeah but why does he need all of those guns? And they're behind <laughs> glass. So what's the purpose? <laughs> just like, that's the Dr. thing. Phil it's just like... so he can see it, and he can bring somebody into that room and be like, "Look, what do you think of this room?" And it looks like it's the dining room. Like, this guy's a psychopath. Well, you show them that room as you explain that all the doors are locked from right. the outside. Correct. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's okay. a pollster, uh, Republican pollster Frank Luntz. He has like a replica oh, Oval Office in his house. In his house? Yeah. He was like, I have a lot of money. I can't be the president because I'm a psychopath. Oh, sack of shit. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I, I can't be president because I 
am a horrible non-charismatic person on camera but i wanted i have enough money i just want to be pres. i want to pretend to be president and have my own oval office why would you do that the only reason to have that is so you can pretend to be the president and then it's not a healthy behavior with someone right in that office right that's to bring somebody back to that place and be like yeah hey he's he's just millionaire you want to fuck in the oval office Oh, okay. Uh, super gross. You know what? Can we? Can the next Ian wants to learn be about the French Revolution and how they successfully revolted against all these wealthy people? Yeah, sure. I don't know much about the French Revolution. I don't know much now. I remember when I learned about it in school, there's like 10 of them. Oh. It was like a series. Like, it wasn't just one thing. It was like there was this oh, okay. period it was like, it was like where a, a bunch of this stuff happened, and then there was like the second period where a bunch of this stuff happened. I see. It's very complicated. Eh, we'll figure something out. No, we're never we're never gonna be able to do that again. That's why I always like the Bolshevik Revolution, the Russian Revolution. Yeah. Because they were just like, okay, we're just gonna take the royal family. They <laughs> took this inbred, worthless family just full of money. Well, they didn't get them all. Yes, they did. There's one still out there. That's a cartoon about it. <laughs> So she's dead. I enjoy that 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 is like the hero story that came out of that. No, it's uh, it's awful her, now name? because, well, yes. Well, no, it's just funny that that, that, yeah. that was the story yeah. for years. Well, because we have this like, fetishization of these kings and queens. They're like, oh, it's so great. We love them. I, you know, one made it out alive and she's the secret heir to the throne. Yeah. Some people still fondly look back on the, the well, royal like family. A, Cubans, a lot of them hate Castro, and it's like, well, probably because a lot of you had money. Yeah, well, of course. I'm not. We talked yeah, about I that. Speak to the. Yeah, I won't speak too much to that Bay of Pigs. <laughs> yeah, we talked about <laughs> it. <laughs> we did anyway. Anyway, well, this was a depressing episode. Yeah, sorry. Well, that was why rich people don't pay taxes, or I guess how they don't pay taxes specifically. Yeah. Um, uh, did you learn? I. Sadly, I did. I kind of wish I hadn't. I I could just continue living blissfully and thinking that, you know, everybody was doing their fair. Well, I knew that wasn't the case. Yes, I learned and I'm depressed now. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go clutch my money. If uh, you're depressed, then I've done my job. So. Oh, good. Okay, then. Well done. I think all learning basically brings on depression. The more you learn, (laughs) the sadder you get. So. That I can't disagree with that. My daughter's very happy right now, and she has yet to. Learn oh anything. yeah, kids. Yeah, they just. But then they start learning, and it's hard. We've talked about yeah. this. How it's 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 weird because it's like, how do I explain things to this kid without being like, yeah, that's why the world's awful, because <laughs> uh-huh. you can't yep. do that. You got to be like, things are still good. Yeah, yeah, things are There's fun. A future. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. This has been Ian wants to learn. I'm Patrick. And I learned. Thank you all for listening. See you later. Bye-bye. Audacity. I saw something that was in the news recently. Oh, they're, some something with their um, source code or something is spying on you. Or, yeah. I, I feel like I don't really use it that much, so. Uh, or and, I do, but I don't. And nobody cares what you do, so. Bingo. That information from you is worthless. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like the government is spying on me, but no one's bothering to look at it. Yeah.